Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Friday Show. It's a show that heard from someone down the pub last night, the city are interested in that cane fella. Today's part, you'll be relieved to hear, is largely a Harry-free zone, with much of our attention falling on tomorrow's Norwich game. We'll also be looking at the new digital ticketing system that's already proving to be so unpopular with some blues. To discuss all this and more, I'm delighted to be joined by Adam Keyworth and a debutant, Zach Weir. Welcome aboard, Zach. You well? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's absolutely welcome, mate. I momentarily forgot your surname there. I apologise for that. I stumbled on your name. <laughs> no worries. You are Zach and you'll always be Zach, but yeah, just for the first time, you're Zach Weir. <laughs> um, right. Uh, Adam, are you well? I'm good, mate. Um yeah, no complaints yet. I'm sure I'll have a few moans. But. Well, talking of moans, I nearly forgot to introduce you then because I really want to get oh. stuck into this third kit malarkey. I can't let's, wait. Let's go. let's go. Let's do it. Let's do this. Right. It's a bag of shit. That's my take on it. <laughs> uh, over to you, Zach. What was your take on it when you first saw it? Um, well, I think it came out at the back end of last season, didn't it? Yeah. And I was normally the leaks are, are pretty accurate as to what the kits are going to be. But I was looking at it and thinking, surely not. Like this must be a, a training kit or a mm. you know just some sold in the shop, but um, yeah, it looks horrendous and looks like a pair of pajamas. I think, and uh. the the whole thing about not having the badge on it and then having Man City on the front. I mean, not you know, we're not called Man City, are we? Mm. Uh, called Manchester City. Um, is, is that purposeful? Because Puma are obviously going to do a shitload of research into this. They must know that the actual wording of Man City is. It doesn't ring right to, to City fans. Um, but then again, the club now call themselves Man City on their website. So um, do they think, did Puma, do you think, for, okay, we're going to cause a bit, a few ripples here, but that's exactly what we want to do with our third kit? Um, I'm not sure. I think it's obviously a template kit because all the other um, yeah, yeah. All the other, t- all the other Puma sponsor- sponsored teams have, uh, have got the same thing. And maybe it is tied in with the club because I think when we got the new badge, we we did change from MCFC to Man City, so maybe it ties in with that. But I think having having the name of the club on the shirt that big kind of defeats the purpose of the kit. I thought the kit was to kind of represent who we are. Hmm. You know, that's done through the blue normally, and then I think other kits um, have represented things about Manchester with other Hacienda kit and things like that. So to have a kit with the name on. So obviously across the front, you know, I think it defeats the purpose. And I was thinking like, why don't we just not wear bibs in that case? Man City. Yeah. Yeah. It, for me, it just looks like a kind of cheap knockoff you get from the market. And I think ultimately that'll be its downfall because there's been kits in the past have been very unpopular with the majority of City fans, but they've sold in the bucket load because a lot of kids, frankly, go out and buy them. And I don't think anyone's going to be attracted to this because it looks cheap, in my opinion. Um, Adam, what's, what's your take on it? Um I mean, if we're honest, we're we're not the target market, no, probably. No, we're, we're not. Like you say, it's kids. The third kit is usually a bit wild because the kids buy it. But like you say, it's not what they usually do with the third kit is they make a, a bold color decision and mm. it's usually quite vibrant and everything. I think even down to the color, it's dull. It's, it's proper dull. And the big winners are Etihad because they, their sponsor's bigger than anything else on there. But the, I think the funny thing is the way that it was marketed. I think um, the two taglines were rewrite the rules. <laughs> and the other one was a city strip like no other. But as Zach said, there's about 12 other clubs with exactly the same kit. Um, the Man City thing is a marketing thing. It's a global thing. Um, I, I think the only thing I 
bothered tweeting about it was who are Man City. Um, we would class ourselves as Manchester City, but as a global thing, like they changed the the website name to Man City, they changed the all like the social handles. So it's it's a marketing thing, but it's just a bit crap. It could be one of those kits though that if we were to win something in it, it might have a bit of a cult status, no matter how bad it is. Mm. Um, and I, I'll let them off if that's the case, but we won't wear it often anyway because it's not it's not different enough. So. I, I can't see us wearing it too often. We'll probably we'll probably end up wearing it against Norwich, to be honest, um, as a launch, just to really... I, I think we'll get into this in a minute, but there's a, a bit of bubbling going on around this Norwich game, which is quite interesting. So this will just add to that yeah. feeling of, uh, yeah, what is going on. So Yeah. Do either of you take... I mean, this is too strong a word. I just can't think of an alternative. But do either of you take offence at the fact that the badge isn't on it? Nah. No? Nah, like, um, uh, no. It's on it, isn't it? It's printed well, yes, several times. Yeah, yeah. It's on but, the back as well. It's on the neck. Yeah. But it's kind of faded it. On the front, it's faded in, isn't that, it? And yeah. That's it, why, like Zach said, it's like a pair of pyjamas, because that's what you'd get on a pair of pyjamas. Yeah. you just get the badge everywhere. And uh, Yeah, never mind. I'm, I'm sure some people will buy it. And like I say, if we win the Carabao in it or something, then right, fine. Okay, kind of last question before we move on, kind of touching on Puma. Um, Zach, what's your take on it as regards to the Puma executives right now seeing the reaction on social media? Because my my take when I first saw it, and as with most third kits these days, they're trying to be divisive. They're trying to be a bit different. So they want some people to, to very much hate it. You know, they want divisive opinions, but it seems to be so universally disliked. Do you think Puma were thinking, ah, oh, crap, we've made a mistake here? Um, I'm not sure that they make a mistake because I think they're, they're clever enough to know what they're making. Mm. And I think, you know, I think it's very, very easy to make a good football shirt. And I think football fans want, um, want, want key things and, and all, and this Puma shirt goes against it. Um, I don't think there'll be, I don't, I don't think they'll think they've made a decision, uh, made a bad decision. Um, but I did see that Borussia Dortmund fans have rejected it, um, which may have a, a bigger impact because obviously they won't be able to sell that shirt. Um, but it just make you wonder what um, protocols they have for kind of gathering um, information on what fans want and what looks good. Because well, obviously this is completely against what everyone wants, to be honest. And exactly. as I said, sorry. Yeah, and as I said, sorry. Like it's not hard to make a good football kit. I think. You know, there's certain kits that have stuck out in the last 15 years that a lot of City fans would point to and most of them, well, most of them are umber, I think, and most of them are plain, uh, and simple and just tailored well. Uh, and this is, you know, tacky and cheap, I think, anyways. Well, that's, a, that's what gets me because if it, I, I know it's a template, so I guess they had to stick to it because, you know, it'd be odd to have one club not included in that. But Adam, if he just did basic research, they'd know that if you reintroduce that sash kit then that's going to sell, and that's going to sell big. Yeah, um, I think I think that like it boils down to, it doesn't matter if everyone's slagging it off, we've given it more publicity than any other kit. Yeah. Um, so they've done their job from a marketing point of view. Uh, the, the whole thing with like the sash and everything, it would be amazing. Black and red stripes would be amazing, but it's, it's much bigger than what we'd buy in Manchester. Like nobody... On yeah. the other side of the world, is bothered about a sash kit. Like the the hundred thousand shirt sales they might make 
in the UK probably do, but the the millions around the world that they're really bothered about when it comes to kits probably aren't that bothered. So, yeah, I, I think it's very hit and miss. I quite like the home kit. I didn't yeah. think I would, but having seen it on, it's it's a different shade of sky blue, but it, it seems to stand out really well. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I don't really care too much at the end of the day. No, I don't want to see it in action too often. Um, I, I agree with you. We may well see it at the weekend. Um, and we'll certainly see it one or two times a season. But, you know, as long as it's only one or two times a season, I can live with it. I just absolutely hate it. Something else that's hated, um, not by me, I'm not going tomorrow, um, but my God, but going on Twitter and seeing the reaction to it, the digital t- ticketing system uh, that debuts, well, I know it was trialled against Everton last season, but debuts in full effect this Saturday. Um so much confusion right now. So both of you going to the game. Um, Zach, have you had any problems with your digital ticketing? Um, yeah, massive problems. Uh, I think the problems everyone else has been encountering, how can you transfer it to other people? Uh, yeah. You also get to other people. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, in the past, you just give them a ticket. But now this is just, on the online portal isn't working to do that. It isn't working until, I think they said after the Arsenal game. Um, so I'm not, I haven't managed to get print-at-home tickets, but I'm not sure that is that facility is open to everyone. So I'm not sure what other people are going to be having to do to get on the ground tomorrow. Are you anticipating a backlog, kind of, you know, maybe even a delayed kickoff if it came to that? Well, I think there's, I think since the introduction of the Tunnel Club, I think I'm right in saying this, there's been big problems getting in the ground mm-hmm. um, because the amount of entrances has been shut down. Um, but I can't see how this... Uh, move to digital ticketing addresses that problem and I would suggest it's a lot harder for everyone to have a ticket ready on a phone than it is to have a ticket out in their hand Um, so you know if we look at the problems that we experienced two years ago with the queues I can only see them being extended Um, and I can't really see what introducing digital ticketing does like how from a logistical point of view how is it getting people on the ground quicker yeah, uh, and how is how is it speeding up the process? Um, they said they're going to have to have people around the ground who are like IT consultants or whatever to help people. But that just you know that's not helping people get in the ground quicker, is it? That's helping them get in the ground. They probably miss the first half an hour if you have to speak to someone like that. Well, exactly. If you've got to go through those procedures, and the person you know behind you is getting hat up, and the person behind them getting even more hat up, and it just causes all kinds of problems. Um, Adam, in a similar vein to Zach, you yourself have been all right, is that correct? But getting tickets for others and sorting it out for kind of friends and relatives yeah. have been a problem. There's about eight of us who go together. We don't all sit together, but it's just the, the way it is. But three of us do sit together and have done for many years. But the issue that I... So I, I was fine with it. I downloaded it, whatever. It worked on my phone, on an iPhone. Mm. Uh, we've had to transfer one ticket. So the, the transfer thing is open, but it's so glitchy. They haven't ironed any of it out yet. I managed to transfer one of them over to uh, a lad who's coming with us tomorrow, but he's got a a new Samsung phone and couldn't download it. So I've had to download that on mine as well. So I'll have to scan him in on his on my phone. And then like, it doesn't bother me. I'm not like the biggest tech guy, but I know how to use Apple Pay or, you know, like the wallet thing. So I'll be fine with it. Yeah. I think the one thing that will that they should do tomorrow and they probably won't is just have two queues have a queue if people are, are struggling or have any problems have a queue for people who've got it ready and try and do it that way because if you have a just one queue 
and you've got someone who can't get it up on the phone or doesn't know how to do it, slowing the entire queue down, it's going to be chaos. And tomorrow, tomorrow's the first home game back since February last year. Mm. It's, it's been it's been nearly eighteen months, and I've not been as excited for a game. I went to Wembley the other week, and to be to be sound really spoiled and whatever else it. It was just a good day out to see everyone. Tomorrow is like first home game. We can get back into a routine. Everything feels pretty normal. Uh, there's no COVID things to get through, which is a totally different conversation. Um, I was just looking forward to not having any issues. What it's going to be is it's going to piss down all day. There's going to be half an hour queues. <laughs> there's going to be all different kickoffs because the beer cups are paper cups and people love moaning about stuff like that. <laughs> um, and it's just... It, it should be like a celebration. First game back, champions back at home, trophies on show. And instead, you're going to have people turning up throughout the first half. It's going to look it's going to look empty, which I couldn't give a toss about, but it's just going to feel dead. Yeah. And that's not the way it should be going back. And I know that the club have done like half price pints and food and whatever, one till two. I'm not getting in the ground at one o'clock. No, are no. Ki- are, exactly. are you actually, are you kidding? Um. Because then, why are you doing it one till two and not one till quarter to three? I'm yeah. not. What, what am I doing from two till three? Watching a warm up in the rain. Come on. Um, it's just going to be. It's going to be a pain, and they've they've really got to get their communication right, and it's got to be better. They've had a year to think about this. They've done the trial at Everton. There is no way that they only told people on Wednesday three days before kickoff that yes, you can transfer your tickets. We'll tell you tomorrow how to do it. And there's no way that they should be opening a ticket exchange 48 hours before kickoff for the first game of the season. It's it's just bad communication. And I, I know that there's not enough staff and it's it's tough on whoever's doing it, but come on, just you've got to get that right before you get anything else done because you've got to get people in the ground. The one thing that the club have struggled with for some games is getting enough people in the ground like we're always going to have forty eight thousand in there, but it's the extra bit that they mm. added on that we we need to get. And if if you do this, you're just putting people off. I don't understand people saying, "Oh, I'm not going then." If I've got to have a ticket on my phone, come on, pack it in. If you're going to go, you're going to go anyway. But it's going to cause trouble. It's going to cause people to be angry, which isn't what you want, is it? You're going into the first game of the season and everyone's a bit angry and flustered and piss wet through. Yeah, a bit, bit of a shambles, but I imagine over the season, we'll just get used to it. I mean, they've had 18 months to sort this out. That's what gets me. And, and the problem with your queuing suggestion, Adam, is it, it makes sense. <laughs> That's where it falls down. Yeah, it won't happen. There's no <laughs> exactly. there's no way they'll do it, but it, no. they should do. They shouldn't have one queue for people who've got it and the same queue for people who have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. That's just going to be chaos, but it's going to happen. So I, I don't know what my tactic's going to be. Do I queue up at half two? Or do I literally wait till two fifty seven? Not sure mm. yet. I'll just yeah, I'll, keep yeah. it, I'll keep an eye on it from City Square and just see what's going on. Well, there's a few people. I mean, you have to kind of get your mate in on, on your phone, but there's a few people who have to do that on the other side of the ground because their mate you know goes in another area of the ground. Oh my so, God, yeah. so to have to queue twice is just obscene. So. Yeah, we can definitely foresee problems tomorrow. It's not going to go all smoothly. And just good luck to everyone who's going. I hope <laughs> you get in in time for kickoff. Um, and hopefully these kinks are ironed out. And, and last of all, and most of all, hopefully we, these are just kinks and they will iron themselves out in, in due course. Um, okay, let's look at the actual game itself then. Um, Norwich, 
I've kind of be comfortable whenever I play Norwich. We just strike me as like, I know the three-two, you know, and that that kind of does linger, and it's still painful to think back to it. But Norwich for me are just one of those teams who, if you get a goal, they're just going to still keep ten behind the ball and, and hope for a two-nil, three-nil, and escape with some dignity. They've got a track record of that against all the big clubs. Um, regardless of kind of you know the attacking football they play under Erfark. so I'm confident. Zach, are you confident? Yeah. I think it should be pretty straightforward. Um, I don't think Norwich have any causes any real problems at home recently. I think beat us at home maybe six, seven years ago, but yeah, we've battered we've them consistently. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We beat them seven nil one year, didn't we? Seven nils, it's a six one. Obviously, theirs, but at home has been a five nil, a five one. Um, yeah, we've really punished them. Yeah, I think it'll be pretty straightforward, and um, hopefully, we can get a bit more confidence back into the back into the team and. Around the club, to be honest, it's been um, mm. it's been difficult. Obviously, we've lost our last three games. Um, if you go back to the Champions League final, um, which you don't need to talk about. Um, <laughs> but yeah, hopefully, just a very solid home win, and you know everyone enjoying being back in there, and hopefully, not too many problems getting in. Yeah, and um, Adam Gundo's out, or probably out. Um, Phil obviously is definitely out. Those two aside, Pep seems to have a full complement to choose from. Um, how are you anticipating the team to kind of line up and shape up? I hope he goes proper full strength tomorrow. Um, yeah. I'd like us to put in a performance. It's been, what, three games, no goals, three one-nil defeats. I know that they're spread out over many months, but uh, just to get, just to kind of get the monkey off our back of, it's a slow start. Uh, like Zach says, we, we just need a, an early goal, I think. Settle everyone down, settle the crowd down, because like we've just been talking about, I think there's going to be a bit of... Uh, I just don't think it's going to be the nicest of atmospheres tomorrow. So mm. could do with an early goal, settle us down. I'd like to see uh, Stones come back in. I'd like to see Walker come back in, Zinchenko come back in. Um, I'd like to see De Bruyne and Grealish both start, maybe put Rodri in there to give Ferner a bit of a rest. Uh, and like, let's ignore the word Kane for a while, but yes. <laughs> in, in his what maybe entire absence now this season I'd like Jesus just to have a run up there see what we can get out of him especially in a game like this I think he has to play um, to build up any sort of confidence and to build up any sort of momentum so Mares, Jesus probably Sterling on the left so it, it's got to be strong enough and I'd like to see us go full strength because we've got another pretty tough game next week I know it's Arsenal and all the jokes about that but it's not going to be easy, so I'd like to see. I'd like to see a good big win. Yeah, well, let's kind of look at the bigger picture and let's think just for a moment that Kane doesn't come. I am, and Jesus plays. You know, many games for us up front. Zach, would you be okay with that? Uh, no, um, in a word, I think. <laughs> I think tomorrow. I don't think Jesus will play, and similar to how I brought him on the left last week, I think it's very tactical from Guardiola to maybe um, the board about getting the Kane transfer because I think if he plays Jesus and Jesus scores two tomorrow yeah. then you know the, the need for Kane um, becomes less apparent um, so I think we'll probably see Torres play um, but with Jesus I don't think he's anywhere near good enough through the middle I don't think he ever scores great goals I think he works hard and I think he presses well. 
But I think you need a lot more than that from your centre-forward. And I think your centre-forward needs to, to score goals out of nothing. And any extra that he gives us from, from pressing well is lost in that in that regard of, of scoring great goals. Um, I do think, though, that down the left, um, there is a position for him. And he's played well there um, a few times. But we're certainly not going to compete. Um, I wouldn't think... Um, for the Premier League unless we sign a number centre forward. I know we didn't have one last year, but I think to do that two years in a row and hope that Gundogan scores 15 mm. um, isn't isn't something that we need to be doing. And I think as soon as we have a centre forward who can play up there, who is um, of the standard of Kane, um, it's been a while since we've had someone that good. Obviously, I know we had Aguero last year, but it wasn't around. But you saw even when Aguero played against Palace last year and Everton at home, the goals he scored are, are out of nothing and I think as soon as we get Kane in there consistently or another striker in there consistently he can do that we'll realise what Jesus lacks and what we've been missing for two years or whatever it is Well let's assume the worst and that Kane isn't coming um, last season we were so fluid as a front three and players essentially kind of took it in turns I know it wasn't that simplistic but it, it felt like that sometimes um, to play up top as it were Um Adam, who would you, who's your preference to play in that role? Um, I don't know. I don't know if there is an answer. I don't know if we can get away with another season of playing that fluid front three. Mm. Uh, Gundogan being our top scorer is a bit of a red flag, isn't it? So I don't, I think I'd, I'd disagree. And if, and let's say Kane isn't coming now, um, I think you need to give Jesus a run just to see what he's got because one of his issues is he's been very bit part and some games he's looked really good and then he's not played for two weeks and then come back and look bad and so on. I'd quite like to see him given a, a bit of a run and it has to start tomorrow. He has to, If he doesn't start tomorrow against Norwich, he's not going to play for us, is he? Yeah, true. So I'd, I'd, give, him a, I'd give him a go because we don't really have another option. And I've, I've seen some people saying, let's play Delap, but behave. It's not going to happen. Um, and that's just silly, silly, like romantic thinking of let's play a, an 18 year old or however old he is now. That's not going to happen. So I'd give Jesus a go. I mean, we've got Sterling can play the role. He's, he scores enough goals. I know he misses his, his fair few, but you've got Torres who his runs are brilliant, but yeah. he's just not the most yeah. clinical. Grealish might have a run there, but I think that's just wasting him. You're wasting De Bruyne up there. We 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 don't have the option of a number nine apart from our literal number nine. So yeah, we might have to just give him a go and see how it works. Is it a failing on the club's behalf, Zach, to get to this point? I, I know they couldn't have anticipated the, the situation we're in right now. From what I've been led to believe, the club were led to believe that you know Kane was they had the green light on him this summer. Um, and that's not turned out to be the case. But we have a very expensively assembled squad, a superb squad of, of you know strength and depth right across, and we don't have a centre forward. Um, is that a failing on the club's behalf? Um, well, yes. It is a bizarre situation because we, the, the team and the squad is so well assembled everywhere. In you know, in some positions, maybe even overstocked. Yeah. But then when you get to the, the part of the pitch, which seems to be like the difference or the main difference, 
you know, we're, we're left with, the, we're left, well, we're going into the season with Jesus. And I think part of the problem with Jesus is what is how people view him. He's in his fourth year at the club. Hmm. Um, people, like Adam said, then people keep saying he needs a run of games. I think he's had more than, he's had more than uh, a run of games over the, over the last four years. Um, but I'd have, obviously the obvious problem has been that Aguero has been there and, um, we were never going to sign Kane when Aguero was there and that's obviously why Aguero left this summer and I do think that it's that if we get Kane which I do think we will do in the next two weeks then um, then we will be sound but I think if we do go into the season without signing Kane then yeah it is a failing on the club particularly after last season because what we saw last season with Aguero out injured is that Jesus wasn't even getting picked then so what would change this season for Jesus all of a sudden to be to become good enough um, to play consistently every week. Okay. Uh, well, kind of another failure was last week in the loss to Spurs. Um, I mean, opening game of the season, it's Spurs away, Sun scores, you know, the sun, the sun is orange, these things happen. Um, but looking ahead, we've got an international break coming up. I really can't foresee Chelsea, United, Liverpool all dropping the same amount of points as they did last season. One of them is going to put together a, a you know a points tally in the late eight, high 80s. We can't afford really to go into the international break six or seven points behind like we did last year, uh, admittedly with a game in hand. So Adam, how was going to kill me for asking this, particularly on the second game of the season, <laughs> is this a must win for City? Uh, yes and no. Um, we saw last year that if anyone's going to put together a run of 15 wins, it'll be us. And I still firmly believe that this year. Um, we've got a bit of money in the bank in terms of we can kind of afford a, a slowish start. But if it was, say we were playing Arsenal at home tomorrow, mm. I'd say it was less of a must win than playing Norwich at home, which they're the games that they should be bread and butter. No yeah. disrespect to Norwich, but the golfing class should be enough just to see us through. So it's a must win in terms of you can't slip up against Norwich game one or game 37. Um, and it just won't help the the club at the, the moment. It just feels a little bit weird at the minute. So yeah, get it won, get it out of the way um, and just like allay some fears, I think. I think some fans are thinking the worst like City fans often do already in game two but I wouldn't go to panic stations if we didn't win yeah I just think it would be a massive missed opportunity and it again if if it ever came down to goal difference these are the games where you need to start bumping it up absolutely um yeah well how, how do you see it going then Zach I mean it's hard to tell on, on the, the lineup I think we're all in agreement we basically want to see the strongest side possible um because then get this one won um but that side it's kind of hard to tell really with Norwich. Um, I would go kind of 3-1, fairly routine victory. Um, how, how do you see it going? Uh, yes, I think, well, I hope we win. I think we'll win probably 3 or 4-0. But I do think it will be a good indication of, of where we're at tomorrow. Yeah, um, in terms of fitness as much as anything else. Yeah, in terms of fitness, in terms of... Um, I do think we tend to start pretty well when we have a good season and when we don't have a good season we, we can be pretty slow so I think tomorrow it's an absolute necessity to come out control the game not just win you know 3 or 4 nil, but have a really commanding performance um, with limiting them to, to very little and 
you know all the good aspects that were that were present in our game last year to come to come forward again. Yeah, um, Adam, can a score prediction? How, how do you see it playing out? I think if we score early enough in the first half, it could be four or five. Um, I think the longer it goes, the tighter it gets. Then uh, the tighter the result might be. Probably go three one. Um, we still don't look very sharp, and they like a counter attack. Mm. So that could be a slight issue, but like Zach says, you just want it to kind of work and click and see where the fitness is at. And the fitness shouldn't, I know that it's been a question and whatever, but they've had an extra week now. It's been another week. So I'd expect us to look sharper. And do you know what? They'll want to put on a show. I think tomorrow, first home game back as champions. We've lost a few games in a row, some big games. Um, we didn't cover ourselves in glory last week. So they, they might just want to be like, right, come on, let's, let's get this sorted. Um, and yeah, I, I'd be very surprised if we don't win. Yeah, I think um, should it be a tight game, then the bench is going to play a big role. Because um, even with a strong lineup that, that I'm anticipating, our bench is going to be phenomenal. Um, and so, yeah, we've we've got that going forward, haven't we? I know it's the same last year, but particularly so this time with the addition of Grealish and you know presently Bernardo uh, as a City player, then we've got so much quality on that bench. Um, and you're looking ahead at these games thinking, you know, if it is a 1-1 or a 2-1 even, but Norwich are kind of applying some pressure, we've got so much quality to bring on in the later stages of, of games. And I think that'll play a big part this season for C, um, which is ironic because every time I hear a commentator mention the quality of our bench, my hackles go up, you know what I mean? I feel like they're having a little dig at us, but I think that could be a big factor. Right, well, let's look at... Um, to another fixture, uh, just kind of briefly, Arsenal v Chelsea, um, all London derby. I just get the weird feeling that Arsenal are in crisis and it's mm. we've played 90 minutes of football. Um, Adam, do you, do you agree? Do you think there's something very wrong there, do you think? Arsenal are an eternal crisis. Um, <laughs> and God, that Brentford game was a mess, wasn't it? It yeah. was, And the worst thing was, it was the most predictable game of football you've ever seen uh they're they're a mile away like a mile away from top four they're, they're so far off it they started that first game with one of the weirdest arsenal lineups i think i've ever seen hmm. um they started with players i've never heard of and that's probably me being really just ignorant but they looked a mess a proper mess and they're, they're in danger of Chelsea just turning up and absolutely destroying them. But at the same time, this is the kind of game where someone might pop up a Smith Rowe or a Saka and bag two, and it's like, well, everything's yeah. okay for the next week, but it, that won't be the case, I'm certain of it. Now with Lukaku coming in, and Chelsea look good. They look really strong. Uh, Tuchel's got their tactics right in pretty much every game he's put them out for. Arsenal will be terrified at the minute and that club is the one club who can go into meltdown in week two of the season. <laughs> and do you know what? They will do. A yeah. three a three nil Chelsea win and they will go mental. So yeah, I, I and do you know what? My sympathy for for Arteta's kind of run out a little bit, which is a shame. Uh like the man, but at the same time he's the way he set up against Brentford was baffling. Well, yeah, and I, he he couldn't they couldn't defend throw-ins. Are, like, are you mad? <laughs> Anyone who saw Brentford last season, they got two players who can take ridiculous throw-ins, 
And Arsenal were just like, that's fine. We'll put the smallest defender on the front post. We'll be fine. It's like, how, how naive are you? So if they get beat on Sunday, it's going to be a very entertaining watch. Um, yeah, and I, I can't see past Chelsea just turning up and going, nah, not today. Well, I nearly tweeted after the Brentford game you know, that Arsenal need some leaders in that team. And I thought, I can't tweet that again, surely. I think I tweeted that back in 2013 or when I first joined Twitter in 2011, whatever. Um, it's just been never going to change. They're always going to be Arsenal. And there's something very, very odd about the Obama, Yang and Lacazette situation because I put in the agenda that they essentially are on strike right now um, with a club insisting they're ill. And then it was announced yesterday that they've both got COVID, um, which I'm not doubting for an instant. But why on earth did it take them a week to release that information um, when you know all the rumours were going around that, um, that Barcelona were interested in them and etc.? So... There's something very fishy there. It's, it's something really odd what's going on at that club. What I wanted to ask you, Zach, is what's something that Adam touched on then, which is kind of sympathy for Arteta. Um, I feel very much the same way at first. I, I wanted him to succeed. Now I'm really not bothered if he succeeds or not because it feels like he's wasting chance after chance. Um, do you feel the same way or do you think it's the players letting him down or is he maybe at fault? Um. I do agree that I have lost sympathy in like you two. And I think that's because he didn't le- not learn. I think mm. the style the style that was that is present at City, he's obviously tried to take at Arsenal. But but you know, we've spent years building up to this moment to have Guardiola, um, to have the right players, to have that style. You know, him going to Arsenal that were in disarray and trying to implement that style with with the players they had is you know, it's admirable, but it's, when you go on this long and it's not been working, it's foolish, isn't it? Um, yeah. So I have lost sympathy with him. And I just think, you think about Arsenal, you think, oh, a couple of good transfer windows and they'll be back there. Then you get to the end of the transfer window, like we are now, and you're looking at who they've signed and you're thinking, I'm not sure that's what they needed. <laughs> um, and obviously he must be pretty um, pretty crucial to who they're looking to sign. Yeah. And did they need? Did they need to sign Aaron Ramsdale for thirty million? Does anyone need to sign Aaron Ramsdale oh, at all? Never it, mind for thirty million. Yeah, and the amount of time they um, spent this summer trying to get him as well—it's so hard. He's twenty-three, and he's he's gone for twenty million and thirty million already, mm. and he's been relegated twice. What's that about? <laughs> he's yeah. Yeah. A perfectly adequate keeper, but you know, not not a player to kind of. Spend your whole summer chasing, really, when there's far better <laughs> options. And, and options out there, they need more. Um, whereas Chelsea did the precise opposite this summer. They needed a, a centre-forward. They needed, you know, a prolific forward to finish off the chances. Last season, phenomenal at the back under Tuchel. Um, in midfield, he got Kante back to his best. They just bossed midfields around the country. Um, and then they create all these chances. And I think they only scored more than two goals once in the 31 games of two goals at Chelsea until last week. Um, so they needed someone to put the ball in the net, pure and simple, and they've got one of the best in the business. Are they going to win the league now, Adam? Are they genuine title contenders? Yeah, they are genuine title contenders. Um, and this this year is probably, there's probably the four teams who could genuinely win it. Yeah. Uh, if we're honest, Um a lot of that will come down to... So I put Liverpool and United in there if they can keep their first 13 players fit. But Chelsea have got some decent depth. That's some really decent depth now. And Lukaku's the game changer for them. He'll bridge that gap on his own because he'll, he'll score 20 goals unless he's injured. So they've they've done exactly what they needed to do. 
they're, they're never afraid of just going, I don't really care. Let's just spend the money. Yeah. Think about it yeah. later. And they win, they win things doing it. So yeah, they're, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And apparently they're not finished yet either. So, no, I think I couldn't do the uh, centre-back then. And Saul, apparently, from Atletico Madrid as another really? midfield option. Jesus. So they're not yeah. messing about. Yeah. And it's it's working. They're, they're probably our closest rival. And they'll see themselves as, uh, like, proper up-there favourites as a club, so... Well, it's annoying because it means I have to go back to being a Chelsea fan again. So, that's <laughs> <laughs> um, Zach, do you, do you agree much of that? Do you, do, you, do you think that Chelsea are going to be kind of in contention? Yeah, I think I think Lukaku is a brutal signing. I think in a similar way to if we manage to get Kane and we sign Kane and Grealish, yeah, it's, it's a similar vein. It's just like this is what we need. This is what it's going to cost. It's paid at the rim. Uh, I think it was only last summer that Chelsea spent a lot of money on Werner and I think he came with a, uh, well, quite a big reputation that he didn't fulfil but a lot of the talk was about um, Tuchel working with him obviously they're both German um, working with him and helping him finish which he did he did actually look to be a decent finisher in Germany yeah. um, but then he's obviously had a look at him for six months or however long five months gone no I don't I don't need to waste my time trying to get this guy to be a finisher and then Lukaku in done, and that is the difference between them potentially winning the league and and finishing in the top four. I think if they, if they've had Werner or even Havertz as their kind of main guy up front, then they wouldn't have been in with a chance. But this Lukaku signing is, yeah, is big, and I think he's a strange player because he does attract a lot of um, criticism. But the numbers he gets and the goals he scored at international level is ridiculous. So there's obviously a top player in there. Um, whether his whether his style at United um, means that's overlooked is well, it's stupid. But yeah, he's a great signing. I, I I'm confused by him purely on the basis of his first touch because he's transformed since moving on from United, and apparently it was the operation he had and it was an undiagnosed injury at United. I buy up into that completely, you know, it makes sense. But what about his first touch? Why was his first touch so abysmal at United and now it no longer is? So that, that doesn't explain it. So, um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned there the difference between Chelsea and kind of um, being title contenders or not. I thought you were going to say that's the difference between Chelsea and us. And I would have, I would have agreed with that, you know, it's quite blunt to say so. But Chelsea needed a player, they've got out and they just got him. And, you know, said fuck you to everyone else basically and City really should have done that with Harry Kane a lot sooner in my opinion but yeah we are talking about a lot of money I guess and what do I know um, alright guys well I've really enjoyed that um, I'm looking forward to tomorrow and I just really hope you two get in in time um, so thanks Adam no thanks very much uh, I'm sure I'll uh, be providing updates on Twitter if <laughs> yes I'll, if, I, if I can be asked. I'll send, um, I'll send you a DM at 3.20. <laughs> yeah, where, where are you? And if the answer is still at the bar, then yeah. normality has been restored. <laughs> um, thanks, uh, Zach, and, and well done on the debut, man. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate, uh, appreciate the opportunity to come on. I've obviously listened to the podcast ah, for a while, so uh, it's pretty, pretty big, to be honest, and uh, got a nice early touch to settle my nerves. So, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I love it. A bit earlier than I thought it was coming, to be honest, but yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's been great. Pleasure, man. Anytime. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening in. Uh, that's a wrap for today, folks. We're off to watch some more Sean Locke videos on YouTube because he was absolutely brilliant. In the meantime, take care, everyone. Be well. And forever up the blues. <laughs>